Amen. Brother Merriman, we are glad to have you here today. And uh, when he called me some weeks ago, however long it's been, and told me he was going to preach at a church in Mississippi, just saying Mississippi made my heart stop. Those of you who know my history know why. And then when he said J.S., um, I was thinking he was, it was April Fool's Day come early or something. Um, J.S., Mississippi, and yes, it really is just J.S. That's not initials that stands for something else. That's J-A-Y-E-S-S. And um, it is in the middle of nowhere. Um, because I pastored there for a while. Now, he's not going to the same church as J.S. Mississippi, even though it's in the middle of nowhere. There's a whole lot of apostolic churches down there and all around that area. And uh, so they are going to be headed down there here just shortly. And I did not want them leaving the area without giving him the opportunity. This is their home. This is where they're from. And he's been assisting my son-in-law for, I don't know, close to a year now? Has it been 10 months? And um, I didn't want him to get away without getting them to come and be with us for a Sunday. And so this is what worked out, and I'm glad that they're here and uh, I do want him to come. We want the Merriman family to know we love them. We're going to be praying for them, especially since they're going to J.S. Mississippi. They're going to need our prayers. Praise God. Now, I've heard good things about the church there. And um, we're trusting that God's going to give them great revival there. But I do want him to come this morning. I want him just to obey the Holy Ghost. And uh, I want to hear from God. I want to see some hearts and lives touched and changed today. Amen. Praise God. Is that the way you feel? Praise God. Brother Merriman, come. Take your liberty. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise God. It's good to be in church this morning. It's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Amen. God is good to us. Amen. It's good to be here with the home church. And a lot of changes that are coming our way. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and I, as the opportunity began to present itself, I, I just blew it off. And I uh, probably should have prayed it off. <laughs> Amen. But God knows what he's doing. You know, here in, uh, I was thinking about this. How do I explain this? You know, have you ever been, you ever been to Wendy's here in, Olathe over uh, over by Target here in, in town. I don't really like Wendy's very well. Kind of just, I don't really, never really eat there, don't really like it. But basically the same parking lot, there's a restaurant called Joe's Kansas City Barbecue that is my favorite restaurant in Kansas City. So within the same location is probably one of the least favorite restaurants that I don't really like. And one of my most favorite restaurants. And so, I'm not going to the least favorite church in Mississippi. 
Amen. I'm going to one of the most favored churches in Mississippi. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, God is good to us. He has all things in, in control. And uh, it is an honor to be here today with each of you. Thank you to all the guests. Um, thank you, Pastor, for allowing me the opportunity uh, to speak to the church, um, to the guests here um, for this Easter Sunday. And I do believe God has some things on my heart and wants to talk to you and I today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If, uh, if you have your Bibles, I don't want to take too long. Uh, there'll be an uprising downstairs for taking too long for the candy rain. And then that's going to happen up here. You beat me to it. Yeah. Keep your mouth quiet, evangelist. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I've hung up my evangelist hat. I can say that now. Praise God. <laughs> I've graduated uh, or demoted. I don't know. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding, brother. Amen. Exodus chapter 12. Amen. Verse number one. Going to be just a tad, I say, lengthy reading, but um, I won't bore you. Uh, I'll try to have inflections and things of that nature to keep you excited along the way. Amen. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read down verse 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth month or tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper doorposts of the homes wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast it with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. In verse 13, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Amen. Thank you for bearing with me for a moment, but one of the entire context of this passage of Scripture. If you would, let's take a moment. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us here this morning. Jesus, we love you. destroy every every chain that is in this place hallelujah god i pray that you would 
Have your way, Lord. Anoint my lips. Anoint my heart. Hallelujah. Anoint my life today, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to preach this word unto this church. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. He's worthy. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit, Lord, that is in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Praise God. I will be cognizant of the time, but I do want to talk about this. Amen. This morning and kind of put to you and give to you what the Lord has laid upon my heart. Amen. It is so good to see Sister Marilyn here this morning. Amen. It's such a thrill. I have not seen her in a while. I'm praying thankful she's doing well. Amen. She was in uh, church with us in, in Edgerton, and, and so it's good to see you, Sister Marilyn. <laughs> Lord bless you. Praise God. But God has, um, amen, placed this upon my heart today. This is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, as we read this passage of Scripture, I know we didn't read about the cross uh, and, and that, but you know, there's a, uh, there's a beginning. God has always done everything just right. Amen. God has always put things together just right. Amen. We may not always understand, amen, why things are in the Bible. Maybe not always understand why things even happen in life. Amen. But all things work together for the good of them that are called, amen, according to his purpose. Amen. God is, is he doesn't do anything by accident. Amen. And in this story, we are reading about the children of Israel Amen. And they have been in, well, let me, just so you understand, these were the children of God. These were God's people. Amen. These were the people God had, cho- had called and chosen as his own people. Amen. And he, uh, he loved them and cared for them. And, uh, but they had found them uh, for 400 years. Think about that. 400 years, amen, the children of God had been in Egyptian bondage and slavery. Amen. That is all they had ever known. All they had ever known was what it was like to be in Egypt. All they knew was the lifestyle of the Egyptians. All they knew was the food of Egypt. All they knew was the, the, uh, the, the day and the, uh, and the seasons and uh, the, the, uh, the land, if you will, of Egypt. They only knew the customs of Egypt. They only knew what it was like to live in Egypt. They couldn't even ask dad, what was it like being free? They had no clue. Amen. There was no idea because dad had been raised in Egypt. Amen. And and, uh, even as a young child, even dad and mom uh, couldn't look to their parents. What was it like living free? What was it like to live in the place in 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 the land of promise? What was it like to live somewhere beyond, amen, the... Uh, the, the walls, if you will, of Egyptian bondage. What was it like? There was no generation they could reach back into besides the stories, amen, that had been passed down, amen, about uh, what it was like when Joseph came, amen, into the land. And he had brought such victory, if you will, and, had, and uh, he was so wise and he had, uh, there was great, you read in your Bible, go back, don't want to take too much time but going back to how they got there and the prosperity that Joseph uh, brought them to the land amen but the Bible says there was a Pharaoh that rose up that knew not Joseph amen and uh, all the people of God uh, were became a threat unto Egypt 
and became a threat to Pharaoh. And so he began to, to, to worry. The Pharaoh that didn't know uh, the, the people of God and the, and the Pharaoh began to, to lay upon them burdens and began to uh, put taskmasters. And before they knew it, uh, they had become slaves when they were had originally ended up in the, the, the most beautiful place, amen, of Egypt, which was Goshen. Amen, which was the place that was reserved, amen, and given to them. And they thought, hey, upon arrival, we've arrived, we've made it. Amen. And they thought life is good and life is grand. Amen. But you know what? Uh, things take, uh, took a turn for the worst. Uh, and before they knew it, uh, uh, those that had thought things were going so well uh, began to change. And before long, they said, man, uh, there's a new decree that came down. We've got to start making brick. And, and before they realized it, they had the shackles of Egypt upon their life. They were the slaves Amen. Building and making brick and, and building cities for Pharaoh. And they were working in his kingdom and building and they had no liberty. They had no freedom. There is cruelty. Amen. In that land. And uh, it was a miserable uh, lifestyle. It was a miserable place for them to be. And slavery was all that they had ever known. Amen. And uh, that's all. But they knew the stories uh, of, of a foretime. They had heard, you know what, I may not be able to, I don't know anyone that had ever lived uh, in a free state. I, I don't know of anyone who had ever, uh, who had ever lived on their own and, and had the liberty to come and go as they please. I don't know, but I do know that there, there was a story, there, there was some, some memory, there was some history, if you will, that had been passed down that, you know what, there used to be, there was some hope hanging upon the history, if you will, in the past, amen, that, you know what, there, there might be a God somewhere. There, there might be a God somewhere. I, I've heard there are folks out there who have had liberty. I have heard there are people out there who live free. But I, I don't know God if you know where I am. I, I don't know what it's like to live in that type of situation. I, I can't go to mom and find and say, what is it like to live free? But I, I, I do have a hope that God, I believe there are those who have liberty. And, and there are those that are free. And they had a hope, amen, to cling on to. Amen. That there's somebody somewhere, amen, that's living free. There's somebody somewhere that has hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning, I hope today, amen, if you've never been in a, a Pentecostal or an apostolic service, I welcome you this morning, amen, and, and I hope, uh, hope as I'm preaching that I, I don't spit on you. <laughs> We get excited. Amen. Amen. We, we talk about being apostolic and we talk about being Pentecostal, the apostle doctrine, the things that the apostles taught. We're apostolic in our doctrine, yet we are Pentecostal in our experience. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, amen, they didn't sit quietly and thinking, well, this is great. There was something got a hold of them. Amen. It gave them hope. Amen. It gave them life. Amen. And it changed them from the inside side out. Amen. I'm telling you, you're excited.
experience today before you leave can do just that. God wants to take you and flip you inside out and not just look and say, I heard there's a hope. I heard somebody on this earth knows what it's like to live free. Somebody, I think, goes to church somewhere over on 119th, amen, in case 7. I think I, I go to work with them, and they seem so happy. They seem so joyous. I have a hope, amen, today. That is your hope. Amen. That is your hope in the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you today, 400 years of Egyptian bondage, it's all they knew. Amen. But that hope caused some of them to cry out, God, oh God, if you're real, would you hear me? If you're really the God of Abraham, if you really exist, if you're really the God of Jacob, if you're really... Really real. God, amen. Surely they prayed that prayer. Amen. As they're, as they're building those brick, making those brick in that hot furnace. Amen. In that hot Egyptian sun. Amen. And they were laboring and working. And the taskmasters, amen, with the whips upon their back. Amen. Thinking, God, oh, if you're real. Oh, if you're real. God, would you get me out of this? Oh, God, if you're real, would you deliver me? Oh, God, would you do something and help? Show me. Show me that you're real. Amen. And that was their cry. 400 years, amen, of crying out unto God. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you spent a lot of nights uh, awake. God, if you're real. Oh, God, I, I can't make it. To, I, can't, I, I don't know how to survive this, uh, the, the, the fear and the anxiety in my mind. I, uh, just every day you lay down and the thoughts and the voices in your mind are playing and plaguing and the worries, amen, amen. It doesn't always have to be drugs or alcohol addiction that is your prison, amen, that is the, you're the slave to, amen. I have worked in corporate world long enough to understand there are many men, amen, and women in that world, amen, that go to bed and go, is this all that life is? Is this all that this is for, amen, is, is, is making a dollar and trying to survive the corporate, uh, the, the world that's shark tank, if if you will, of survival, trying to, to make it up the ladder. Amen. Many, amen, are, are in this world today with anxiety. Amen. That are struggling with prescription drugs. Amen. And depression and fears. Amen. And maybe today uh, there's someone that says, listen, I don't know how many times I've laid awake at night or I've been on the job. Amen. Or I've been at the bar. Just God. If you're really real. Would you hear me? Just to look back down and pick the bottle back up, finish, and go home unchanged. Hallelujah. But you know the interesting thing, I don't believe that the children of God in that condition ever quit crying out. They never lost hope. Amen. Because we can read in Exodus chapter 3. Verse number 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I'm telling you this morning, I don't care how many times, I don't care where, what, nice clothes you have on this morning. I don't care if you are in the church uh, or this is the first time you've ever been in the church. Uh, amen. The Lord has looked upon your affliction. 
The Lord can see through to the heart. He's the one that looks beyond the outside of your flesh. He's the one that looks beyond that fake smile that you put on. He's the one that says, everything's okay. There's no problem here. Carry on. I'm just fine. And the Lord looks upon as you lay upon your bed. I feel such a burden for someone this morning. I'm telling you, as you lay upon your bed, as you drive down the road, as you worry, as you're trying to pop the pills to ease the pain, as you're drinking yourself into a stupor just so you don't feel hurt anymore the Lord says I've heard your cry I hear your pain I've heard your voice I'm telling you he says it's because the affliction you're in I've sent somebody today to tell you I've heard your cry you don't have to live like that anymore you don't have to live depressed anymore you don't have to live worried anymore you don't have to live like I messed up so bad I can never come to God again no I'm telling you there is therefore no condemnation to whom is it Christ Jesus I'm telling you the Lord wants to set you free today oh hallelujah hallelujah I'm not talking about saying a few words of simply accepting the Lord. I'm talking about a deliverance. I'm talking about a freedom. Oh, come on, let's worship the Lord in this house. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, you're getting uncomfortable this morning. Amen, because your taskmaster doesn't like what I'm saying. The enemy of your soul doesn't like uh, what I'm saying this morning. Hallelujah. Because as soon as Moses, uh, God sent a man of God to them, to the taskmaster at large, then the man, the big man on campus, uh, Pharaoh, and he said, let him go. Pharaoh said, "Uh uh-uh, ain't no way. Oh, hallelujah. He, he, He brought resistance. Hallelujah. So this morning, amen, there's resistance right now, and I feel it in the Holy Ghost, in your heart, of going, Pharaoh's getting a grip, saying, uh-uh. No, no, you're just fine the way you are. You're just fine living the life you're living. You're fine. Oh, I'm telling you, amen. I'm talking to the enemy this morning. Let the children of God go. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, there is liberty. There is peace that passes understanding. Amen. There is mercy that we sung about this morning. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, in your name. They were oppressed by Egypt. Forced into manual labor. No relief. Life had no meaning. Every day was as the day before. Just going through the motions. They were convinced that's just how it's going to be. After 400 years of slavery, who cared what day of the week it was? After 400 years, who cares what month it was? After 400 years, who cares what year it was? What matters? I just get up and do the same thing every day. I've got nothing to look forward to. (laughs) There's no reason to get out of bed. I'm talking about Egypt. If you're feeling that, maybe you're kidding what God's trying to relay to you this morning 
Because you know what? The same feelings. There's a reason this story is in the Bible, Pastor. There's a saying, there's a reason that God put this story in here about slavery. Amen. Because there's more than, and we, we've dealt with it in our own country, within our own borders. Uh, from the inception of the country to the 17th, 18th century, uh, 1800s, uh, uh, slavery has been a part of our history. I hate it. I don't like it. But the reality is, uh, amen, it's there. Just like it was a part of the history, amen, of Israel. Amen. Just like it was part of the people of God. Uh, amen. You might not like it. Uh, I hate it. Uh, I hate that I can look back in my life, Pastor, and see the fact that I, uh, amen, this guy right here, uh, amen, was a drug addict. Uh, amen. Uh, this guy right here uh, was raised in a Pentecostal church, uh, but backslid and walked out on God. I don't like that. Uh, I really hate that that's a part of my history. I I really hate that I have to tell people that. I really hate to tell people, amen, that that uh, that I used to work at a bar in high school and when they would shut down at the end of the night and me and everyone else that shut that bar down, amen, we'd get stoned out of our mind. I really don't like to tell that and I hate that that's a part of who I am, amen, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the reason that story is in there and the reason my story is here today is to give somebody hope, amen, that it doesn't have to always be like it's always been. I don't care if you were raised on a church pew. There's hope. There is hope in Jesus. Amen. Deliverance from your sin. Deliverance from the hand of the enemy. There can be peace again. There can be joy in your life. And days and weeks and months can have meaning again. Because we mark our days Man, anniversary conference is coming up. I can't wait for Heritage this year. Maybe get to take some young people. Amen. From a church. I don't even really know. Maybe I get to take some young people to Heritage this year and experience a, a move of God like they've probably never experienced before. I'm marking my days. I can't wait. I'm excited about life. I'm excited about the things of God. Hallelujah, days and weeks and months uh, mean some things. Uh, hallelujah. Because you know what? There's a day that's coming on my calendar. I don't know where to put it just yet. But I've got to, I'm just waiting for that trumpet to sound. That, that, that trumpet that's going to sound someday. Amen. When you lose track of days and you care nothing about days and nothing about time, you're going to lose track of the fact that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back for a church, for a bride. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, when you get yourself, amen, uh, saved and sanctified and washed and get yourself on the right path. <laughs> You're going to start caring about days again. You're going to start caring about the, oh, the, next, the next event. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, when I was away from the Lord, I dreaded that day. When I was away from God, I dreaded the day of the rapture. I knew it wasn't ready. It wasn't right. But when you're in Egypt, every day becomes the same. Hallelujah. But the Lord heard their cry. The Lord heard their, their voice. The Lord heard God. I need out of I need out of this situation. I'm tired of living this way. And you know what? In Exodus tw chapter 12, verse number 2, 
We read this. Put that on the board, Brother Terry. Go. It says, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. <laughs> it shall be the first month of the year to you. <laughs> you know what the Lord is saying? He said, Listen, <laughs> it all starts over right here. Is a new beginning for you. It's a new start for you. Uh, hallelujah. You know what's so beautiful about having a new beginning? <laughs> Is that you just had an ending. <laughs> you had to have an ending. <laughs> you got to have an ending of the past uh, to have a beginning of your future. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I can stand here today, Brother Jaheim, and say, thank God from what I used to be, I'm no longer anymore. Why? Because I had an ending. What was that ending? It was at an altar uh, where I came to the Lord and said, Lord, you got to forgive me. Jesus, forgive my sins. I give myself to you. God, wash me in your blood. Forgive me of all mine iniquity. There was an ending of the old me, but there was a beginning of the new me. Oh, come on, somebody. Today is not just a new beginning, but today is the end. Today is the end of the, of the, of the uh, anxiety. Amen. Today is the end of your depression. Today is the end, amen, of the iniquity that you struggle with. Come on, there's hope. There's hope this Resurrection Sunday because you cried out to God and he's heard your cry. Today is at the beginning of months for you. Come on. Hallelujah. This is the beginning. Amen. Of a new life. Amen. And it's the ending of your old life. Woo. Ah. Come on. You know, when they came up out of Egypt, amen, whenever they crossed the old Jordan River, amen, the Lord said, hey, as the waters were parted, the Lord said, hey, take you up some stones. Take you up some stones out of that river, and I want you to place a memorial. Amen. I want to put a memorial. Amen. You build it. Amen. You set up a memorial of those stones. What's rocks got to do with this? Well, they're symbolic it's a symbol he said so you know what once you get to living right once you get down the road a little ways when your children come along and say hey dad what does it mean what do these stones mean what does this memorial mean oh son come over here big guy let me tell you a story Woo, I was Barabbas. I was Timothy. Hallelujah. I was Peter. I was a drug addict. But there was one Sunday morning, many years ago, son, whenever I walked into a church for the very first time, I don't even know what that goofy red-headed guy's doing these days. But I tell you what, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I'd heard your cry. Amen. And he called me out of darkness. And he saved me. And he washed me. Amen. And I, I was free. I was free for the first time in my my life son that's what these stones mean that's what my life is all about and because of that you can have freedom hallelujah hallelujah praise God praise God process this process of freedom God had a design God had a plan it had to be God's way 400 years, you don't think somebody tried to escape? 400 years, you don't think someone tried to overthrow the Egyptians? Band together, figure something out? That's what happens when you're in slavery. It's just 
people don't aren't made to be that way. They're not made to be, and they're not comfortable. Not, and so there's efforts that were made, surely. Amen. Surely there were efforts that were made to get out of that slavery that they were in. And I had mentioned that in the 1700s, 1800s, most of the slaves in, in America served under cruel and extremely hard circumstances. And again, I want to draw something out of this this morning. Because escaping often involved leaving behind family, friends. Though they were in a very harsh condition, there were some things that kept them from really making the call and pulling the trigger. Saying, I'm out of here, I can't. But you're in sleep. Yeah, I know, but my, my family, my friends. I don't know how, I, how can I leave them, but you're in slavery. You're in bondage. I'm telling you, this was a real thought process. Amen. As I was studying and looking into this, that the, there was a mentality. Though slavery was cruel and hard, there was a difficulty on in the mindset of those that needed, slave, or needed deliverance and freedom to say, okay, today's the day. We can sit here today as all free individuals and go, that's crazy. That's so, why, I don't care what, it, I, would have, I, I couldn't have lived like that. I, had, I would have left. There's no, but to the one in slavery, they're trying to weigh this out. The one trying to decide, hey, I've got a wife, I've got children. I've got, I've got, I've got cousins, I've got friends. I've met, I, as much as I desire freedom, I don't know if I can make that leap. Oh, help us today. Amen. Because ahead of them, there was really no clear direction on which way to go. There was harsh weather, no food, no, no, think about it. They didn't know what to expect. There was no, they had no idea what lied ahead of them. Though they, could, they understood what they were facing, at least they understood and knew. The same was parallel with the children of Israel. Once they got free, they said, well, you know what, it got tough. Times got tough. Situation got tough. And they said, you know what, well, let's just go back to, let's just go back to the slavery. Hold on a second. The Lord's leading you, guiding you, preparing you. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but the Lord is the one that holds tomorrow. But so many times when we, to make the decision, amen, to walk away from that, 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 that bondage, if you will, uh, amen, it's so hard because our mind, I don't know what, I don't, I, I don't know if I can leave what I have and I don't know what to, what, what to expect and it's going to be difficult and hard and you're in a condition of limbo between freedom and the status quo of your life. Oh, help us today. Just like you are this morning, many of you today are struggling with the same thing in your mind of whether you want to really serve the Lord or not, whether you want to really live for God. Well, I know my life isn't good, but at least I, I, I've got my friends. I've got, you know, I've got, I've got things. I, I know what I'm doing here, and, and yeah, it's hard. It's, it, it may not be the easiest, but I, I'm, I'm going to just deal with it. I'm going to get through it because I don't really know what tomorrow holds, and I don't really know how in the world I'm going to live that way. I really don't know how I'm going to make it. Hallelujah, there's a mindset, uh, amen, uh, 
But I'm telling you, the Lord is offering us some freedom. Uh, amen. Because you know what happened uh, is in time. Uh, amen. And there came hope for many. Amen. With the help of what they called the Underground Railroad. Amen. And individuals such as Harriet Tubman. Amen. And, and those that had known what, to, what it was like <laughs> under the oppressive hand of slavery. Those that knew what it was like. Once they got free, they said, I'm going to do everything I can to help everyone that I can get out of that situation that they're in. I'll sacrifice my life. Amen. I'll sacrifice everything. You read about Harriet Tubman. She left and came back two or three times. And the third time she came back, her husband had, had remarried and didn't want anything to do with her. But she said, I'd rather be free. I'd rather help others to get free than to hold on to a lifestyle that I lived before. I'm telling you this morning, you have help. There are some that, that you're close right now. Amen. Those that were along, amen, the closest to uh, that Mason-Dixon line, if you will. Amen. That there was help. It was those that were the furthest away. That history says there was really no sign of any of them coming. The only hope was getting as close as they could to help. There's so many parallels this morning that I'm trying to draw here today spiritually. Amen. You can, you can go as far away from the church, far away from the people of God, far away from your pastor, as far away as you can get. Amen. I'm telling you, the Lord will hear your cry. Amen. But those that want to help you, those that are trying to help you, amen, you can post a bunch of nonsense if you want. Amen. If you don't get close enough to get help, there's nobody able to help you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, today, God, I'm telling you, you're close. You're at a place where God can reach you. You're at a place where the Spirit of God can help you. Amen. We can pray with you. Amen. We love you. We care about you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us this morning. Amen. Help somebody be willing to cross over and make that decision and say, hey, I'm willing to, somebody's willing to help me. I'm willing to step out. Amen. And come to an altar. I'm willing to come to a place and risk it all for freedom. Hallelujah. Because those that were the furthest away, the deepest, very, very, very rarely became free on their own efforts. Very rarely did they find freedom on their own. You're not going to find freedom on your own. Pharaoh didn't want to let the Israelites go, but God had a plan. It started with their desire to be free and a crying out to him. It's what it takes. It's got to take a desire. You got to want things. You got to want it. You got to want the desire. Hallelujah. You got to want to come back into the Father's house. Amen. You got to want, amen. The Father never ran around trying to figure out where, the, where his prodigal son was. And that, no, no, no. Uh, the, but the, there was so much love in that father that he kept his eye on the door. Uh, he kept his eye on the distance. Uh, so when that son came walking near, cl as close as he could get, uh, the father's eye caught him uh, and said, I'm running after him. Uh, if he's got a desire to come back home, uh, I've got a desire to bring him back home. Uh, oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you today, uh, that's got to be your first step, uh, is you got to have a desire, uh, amen, for freedom. Uh, you got to have a passion and a desire to change and a desire, I want to come back uh, to the father's house. Hallelujah. 
and they needed a spotless lamb. The lamb had to be killed. The blood had to be sprinkled on the doorposts and upon the lintel, upon the head of the door. And then the lamb had to be roasted and eaten and consumed quickly. God didn't say, well, I'll give you a couple weeks to think about this, whether you really want to do this or not. You had to have a made-up mind. Because he says, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, you're going to eat the in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. He's calling. You better be ready. When he calls and says, hey, I'm drawing you. I, I heard your cry. I want, to, I want to save you today. The Lord's plan is I'm ready. I want it. I've got my shoes on. i got my staff in my hand. I've got my, my, my loins girt. I'm ready to walk away from the lifestyle I've been living. I'm ready to be free. And I'm ready, God, wherever you, whenever you say go, I'm ready to go. You realize everyone would have been affected by the judgment of God. But God said, you know what? I'm going to make an exception to those who have had the blood applied to the doorpost. Judgment would have happened to everyone. Because none of the, they, they all had a firstborn. That was a stipulation. You listen, your firstborn is going to die unless you have the blood applied. This is the plan of God. And judgment either brought... Uh, of God either brought life or it brought death. The choice was up to the individual. That was the life, that was the choice that they had to make. That's why Joshua said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Amen. God was no respecter of persons. He didn't care how good you were. He didn't care if you were a, 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 the best in the, in, of all Israel, the choicest of the families. He didn't care if you were the poorest. He didn't care. The only thing that mattered to him, amen, that night, uh, in the darkest of night, uh, amen, as the, the death angel passed over, it wasn't like, well, let me go in and see how much money they have and what kind of car they drive, and then you could come to our church. No, God didn't care about any of those things. God walked up uh, to the doorpost uh, and said, they're covered. I'm moving on to the next house. And he looked and said to the next one, hey, they're covered. I'm going to move on to the next. Amen. But he moved to one home and said they didn't care enough to kill the lamb. They didn't care enough to apply. I made them a pathway. I made them a plan. Amen. So the death angel entered in. Amen. And judgment came upon that house. Not because, amen, God was cruel. Amen. But because a choice was made. Not to let the blood be applied. Oh, help us today. Amen. You know, we're all today, musicians, if you'd come, I'm just about through. Now, this story, this is Easter Sunday. And today, just like the Israelites in that time, there are two worlds, a world of freedom and a world of slavery. There's either Egypt or there's out of Egypt in the land of promise. And the same mindsets that applied and the same principles that applied to them in their circumstances are applying to us today. They were all, they were all 
slaves in Egypt, just as we are slaves to sin. The psalmist wrote in chapter 51, verse 5, as David wrote, he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's not one person under the sound of my voice that's exempt from this slavery of sin, this world of iniquity. You're either in the world of sin or you're in the world of freedom. There's really no choices. That's what Jesus, you'll either serve one and hate the other or you'll either cling to the one and despise. There's no middle ground. And just as God had a plan that day for a people that were desirous, who had cried out and were hungry for freedom, amen, God has a plan for you and I today. John wrote in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We understand, if you've ever heard one, Brother Regan, probably time, this word here used in John chapter 1, verse 1, word is a greater concept and idea. It's more of a blueprint. It's more of a plan. In the beginning, God had a plan. In the beginning was the plan. And the plan was with God. And the plan was God. He had a plan in the Old Testament, too. What was the plan? You had to take a lamb spotless lamb you had to kill it apply its blood to your doorpost for salvation but listen we're not talking about an animal this morning we're talking about a man named Jesus Christ it was his plan to come to this earth robe himself in flesh and to become salvation for you and I hallelujah because verse 14 says, And the word or the plan was made flesh, and it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, as the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, we have a plan today, and that plan is Jesus. Jesus came to this earth. Hallelujah. God, the Spirit of God, robed himself, manifested himself in a fleshly body so that he could come to this earth and bear our sins upon a cross. And he could feel our pain. And he could feel our hurts. He could feel our... He knew what it was like to be despised and rejected of men. He knew what it was like to be smitten. He knew what it was like to be left of all friends and family and to be left alone. He knew what it was like in the middle of the night to be, to be scared and so scared in his flesh that he cried out, God, if this cup could pass from me, God, let it pass. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. His flesh cried out, oh, I don't want to do this. This is going to hurt. This is going to, I'm going to leave all my friends. I'm going to leave everybody. But he said, you know what? If I go not away, the comforter is not going to come. And so Jesus in his flesh, he says, you know what? Not my will, but thine be done. And he went to that cross Hallelujah. All alone, despised and hurt. He took upon him the punishment that you and I deserved. 
I'm telling you this morning, that same punishment, that same, that, that same fate that he had, I'm telling you that was what should have happened to you and I. And as everyone that day stood back and watched their Messiah being crucified and laid in a tomb, reality of situation set in and you know this just came to my mind but there were two men Judas and Peter both were ultimate failures oh God help us both were ultimate failures Judas had sold Jesus but Jesus uh, but Peter had denied even knowing him Judas made a choice to go out and he hung himself, committing suicide, ending his life because there's, he saw no hope. But the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly. If I'm correct, that, that word bitterly means that he was, it, it was to the, from the, the depths of his every, his being almost to just contemplating is it can I even be forgiven can I even can I even go on can I can I even should I just end it all he was considering it as well I believe Peter was also most likely considering doing what Judas did I that's just me maybe I'm wrong but the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly I at least think there was a moment of thought that, that went through his mind. I believe there was at least a thought that went through his mind. How, how could I have done this? I, I, can't face my, I can't face the other disciples. I can't go back and face my friend. I can't go back and face I just can't go back. I, it's just, I might as well end it all. And you think that's crazy. But even in the church today, even just last week, there was a very good man one of his young men who had backslidden last summer apostolic young man raised on the pew had the Holy Ghost at one point but found himself in that world of iniquity and a place of no hope. Early last week, his brother found him on the floor with a bullet through his head. don't think I'm so far-fetched this morning when from my heart from the depths of my soul I'm reaching for somebody today and God is knowing he knows right exactly where you are don't fool yourself you can't fool me you can't fool God don't tell me the thought hasn't at least passed through one side to the other
you understand this morning, just as Peter did. Peter went out and found a place of repentance. He found an altar. He said, Lord, if you're willing to forgive me, I'm willing to turn around. I'm willing to serve you. I'm willing to give up my life. I don't care what, I don't care. I'll give up the fishing nets. I'll give up everything. Because he had tried to go back to those fishing nets. He tried to go back to his old life. He tried to live his own. And realized, no, I can't do it. It ain't the same out here on the water. I can't go back to fishing because my mind goes back to the night and the storm of life. When I was alone and I was scared. And Jesus came walking upon the water. He came walking and said, don't be afraid. It's me. It's me, Jesus. And Peter said, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. I'm telling you, he couldn't go back to those same waters. He couldn't go back to that bar room. He couldn't go back to that lifestyle without remembering. Jesus was here and saved me. He died for my sins. It's just not the same. My mind can't comprehend. My mind can't think like everybody else because I remember what it's like to come to an altar of repentance, to pray in the presence of the Holy Ghost, to feel the glory of God come down in the sanctuary, to know God cares for me. He loved me. Let's stand this morning. When the Lord sets you free, there's no half-heartedness in it. John 8, 34 through 36 says, Jesus answering them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, Ye shall be free indeed. So this morning, I know Satan has tempted me, has fought me, has come against my mind. I haven't gone in my life. I haven't, I'm not admitting to, I'm not, I'm talking about just in, you know what, he'll, he'll tempt you in so many ways. He'll come against you in so many ways. He'll bring thoughts of, he'll, 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 He'll bring you to a place where you lose your job and you'll lose your faith. You lose your I don't know what I'm going to I got well I've got to have a job. I've got to have a job really, what do you mean I got to move for that I've got to have a, I've got I'm telling you the tempter is real. You know what it doesn't take much to see how Satan has ravished the children of God with young people backsliding, suicide, divorce rates, and depression, anxiety, prescription drug use, promiscuity. The use of pornography is rampant in our, our world, destroying families, destroying relationships but God has a plan this morning but you gotta be you gotta want to be free he's already become the sacrifice for your sins and he died for you 
Here's where the choice comes in. I got to apply his blood to my life. And I got to do it in haste. Because the Lord's calling. Because you know what's going to happen in the next the service shuts down the feelings that you're feeling the tug upon your heart those are going to slip away and we're going to go into the candy rain and go downstairs and those feelings are just going to kind of man I dodged a bullet there but right now you feel conviction and you feel a tug on your heart you feel the presence of God gripping you it's time to eat the Lord's Passover in haste Hallelujah. What do, I got, what do I got to do? You say, preacher, what do I got to do to be saved? And I'm sorry, I took longer than I anticipated. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, I'm going to return to you. I'm going to send the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to come to you. On the day of Pentecost... You read about in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came and filled that house where they were sitting like a mighty rushing wind, blowing out the the memories, the the sin, and just cleaning that house and fire coming and consuming the lives of those that are there that day. And whenever Peter stood up and began preaching that day, just like I am today with with the eleven, his message was very similar. It said, you you're, were all sinners. There was many in that crowd, most likely that was there the same day, that stood before Jesus and the crowd. And many in that crowd were, were some that said, crucify him. Crucify him. But Jesus said, but Peter said that same Jesus whom you have crucified. He's made both Lord and Christ, or your Messiah, the one that you put your hands on, the one that you cursed, the one that you said, Jesus is no good. Living for him is not worth it. It's too difficult to live for Jesus. It's too hard. Yeah, that one, that one that you've put your hands on, that was your Savior. That church, that home, your pastor, the the one you put your hand on, that is the one. That he's made both Lord and Christ. Conviction gripped our hearts that day just like it's here this this morning. And we can read in Acts chapter 2 verse 37. And this is my last scriptures. I want to make an opportunity for you to come to the altar. But Acts chapter 2 verse 37 says, When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now that was the question in response to the preaching the preacher said you're lost you're in sin you're in iniquity and many times that's the only thing we hear and we get upset and get mad because well they think they're better than I they're this or then all and you stop short of where the preacher was going because that wasn't the end of the sermon He said, there's a beginning coming. There's an end to that guilt you feel. There's an end to that feeling you feel because you walked away. There's there's an end to that guilt and that shame. There's an end to that, and there's a beginning. This wasn't the end of Peter's message. The end wasn't, you're no good. You're a sinner. You're dismissed. See you later. 
no, no, that wasn't the end. He was interrupted. <laughs> Hallelujah. The apostle Peter was interrupted because as, as he was preaching and telling him, hey, you're sinners. You're the one. The one that you killed is the, is the Messiah. And somewhere along the line, they stopped and said, hold on. Don't go any further. Stop. Don't, don't say anymore. What do we do to fix it? Ha. That's just what I was hoping you'd ask. How do I make my life right? How do I get things right? Well, if you've never had the Holy Ghost, or you used to have the Holy Ghost, or you've never been, I don't care what condition you're in. Amen. The same thing is true for you today. Amen. The question was asked, how are we to be saved from this sin and iniquity? And Peter, old denying Peter, old going back to his old fisherman ways, probably cussing like a sailor going back to his old ways Peter yeah that guy the one that found the altar kind of like I did one day he stood there and says you know what you can do to fix this you know what you got to do to be saved I'm glad you asked because there's a plan there's a plan for you today and that plan is this Peter said to them repent repent you got to repent. You got to you got to eat this in haste. When I was in the military, that old word uh, uh, change about face when you turn, that wasn't a matter of about face. And you'd say, "Well, I may figure it out if I'm going to do this or not. I'll just take a few more steps." No, no. That re- word "repent" is, is about face. That means, "Oop, I'm turning directly around in my life." That's eating with haste. I'm walking out of here. I'm not going back to the way I used to. I'm not going back to that club. I'm not going back to the bar. I'm not going back to my... Because I want to be different. I want to be changed. God will let you go right back where you came from. But for those who have cried out, who has heard his cry, who he's heard your cry, he's saying, listen, amen, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Because when you get baptized in Jesus' name, it's so that your sins can be washed. And that's when your blood of Jesus is applied to your life. The lamb. That's when the lamb's blood is applied to your life. That's when you repent, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he can walk up to you and he can look at your life and say, that was it. Wait a second. I see the blood. (laughs) I see the blood. Okay, I'm going to go... No judgment there. But I was a sinner. I was, yeah, you're right, you were. But I've been covered by his blood. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This morning, the Lord has heard your cry. You're as close as you can get to the help of the Lord this morning. You're as close as you can get. Uh, amen. Maybe you've come from the deepness of, of sin. Uh, maybe you come from, I don't know what your weekend entailed. I don't know what last night entailed. I don't, I don't know what you did. Uh, amen. Up to this day, you may have found, you may have come from the recesses of hell in your life. Uh, amen. Uh, I don't know, but I know this much. Uh, the Lord, uh, He sees you. Uh, and He heard your, heard your cry. 
and you're so close to the line of getting some help. But you got to make the make up your mind. You got to you got to give a, you got to give yourself and say I'm committing this. I'm committing to this. I'm willing to leave everything to serve him. Amen. To get the blood applied to my life this morning. There is hope and freedom available today. This morning I welcome you. And we're not going to make you do this alone, but if you have a desire to come pray, if you're ready to eat the Lord's Passover in haste and find freedom like you've never found before, these altars are open for you to come. Find a place to kneel. Find a place to come. Raise your hands. We're going to pray with you because you've come close enough for us to help. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes. Count this, this again. These altars are open. You have the opportunity this morning. Why don't you avail yourself of God's mercy? Avail yourself of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Let's sing unto the Lord. Let's come. Let's worship Him. Let's, let's ask for forgiveness. God, search my heart. Hallelujah. Let's sing.